Welcome back, baseball family. Today, we're going to talk about a City Connect update, Miguel Cabrera, and the St. Louis Mount Rushmore. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. I am Brig, and I am in Brant's house. <laughs> Literally in the house. It's fantastic. I am in the house. This is going to be the church giggle episode of the Baseball Together podcast. We already can't stop giggling, and if you want more insight into why, you really got to jump on Patreon and get yeah. the bullpen cut where we are wildly irreverent and <laughs> laughing about everything, having a good time. So... Brad, yeah. let's get into current events. Let's do it. And talk about Miguel Cabrera first. Good place to start, I feel like. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's the first on the lineup. So <laughs> that's why I put it there. That was a good place to start. Righteous. <laughs> <laughs> so Miguel Cabrera, he got his 3,000th hit. He is the 33rd player in the history of Major League Baseball to do that. And he's only like the seventh to have 3,000 hits of 500 home runs, right? Yep. Yeah, that's that to me is the part that's crazy of the whole thing is the fact that he was able to hit for average and power to the ripe old age of 39. It's insane. And to think so, I was talking to somebody about this. I'm on the road, so I'm talking to everybody. And there have been 23 perfect games. And you think that 3000 hits would would way overshoot perfect games. But there are, there are only 10 more people. Who've had three thousand hits that have had perfect games? It is crazy to think about because, well, the, I mean, you think about how hard it is to throw a perfect game. No, it's right? incredibly hard. But then it—that's nuts. It's only ten more guys, and then this is the other thing that's crazy about it. So we talked about this a while ago on our milestones episode about how many, like, who is going to be next to hit three thousand. The next guy in line is Robinson Cano. Yeah, he needs like six hundred. It's He's, a huge gap. There's no way. No, there's no, no way. way because the dude can't stay on the field either for suspension or health. Like, right. There's no chance Cano gets it. But then the next guy in line, like Mike Trout, for instance, has like 1,400. There's a billion. It's there's basically no a billion. Yeah, I don't know who's going to do it next. No, I don't know either. The, the only person I think who is on track right now is Seiya Suzuki or Stephen <laughs> <or Steven> Kwan. <laughs> Stephen Kwan is on track. He is on track. He is definitely on yeah. track. That's, like, those might be the, one of the next guys to get it. That's exactly. That's a good point. I like that. I like that a lot. But I thought that would put it in a really nice perspective to compare it to perfect games. Yeah, like that That's is. how big a milestone this is. That's how heavy an accomplishment we're talking about. So... Uh, during the Yankees series, though, we got to talk about Aaron Boone deciding mm-hmm, to yeah. walk him intentionally. Mm-hmm. So first, Brig, okay. as a Yankee fan, wearing your Bronx baseball together shirt and everything Correct. today, yes. how how did you feel about that? Your your team's manager making that decision to forego history to put the dude on base, to load the bases nonetheless. Right, yeah, to load the bases. Context, one to nothing game, bottom of the eighth inning. Correct, one to nothing. Um, my, so (laughs) unpopular opinion. Okay. Alert. Okay. I'm, I'm on a walk listening to John and Susan as I do. Your friends. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, we're fighting, but I'm (laughs) (laughs) I'm on a walk listening to John and Susan and I'm getting a a righteous suntan, which turned into a burn. It was great. It was pretty wicked tan. Thank you. That is not important. The important part (laughs) is that I'm on my walk and as soon as they walked him, my ine- my immediate response was, "Come on, 
Are you freaking kidding me? And then I went, ah, yeah, but we want to win a ball game. <laughs> That's my thing yeah. is that the Yankees made the playoffs by one game last year. Exactly. Right. They won the wild card by one game last year. They need to win every game possible. So they need Especially to do whatever. Especially in the AL East. A one to nothing game against a team like the Tigers, you have a chance to win that game. Totally. And yes, they ended up scoring two of those runs. The bases were loaded. Ended up scoring two of those runs. The final was three to zero. Yep. But it was the right thing to do in the spot. You don't pitch to Miggy in that situation. No. I don't care if he has 4,999 hits. Well, and let's be honest. The Yankees don't want to end up on that side of the history books anyway. Like, well, if they don't, yeah, we don't want to be on the one who gave up the 3,000th hit. Well, nobody wants to be that guy. I know, but, but at the same time, though, like, if you're playing the game, it's going to happen. Right. Sportsmanship right? aside, this was a game decision Oh, it, it, was game. A, it was a strategic decision that I fully supported when it happened. And I understand the fans were upset because they wanted to watch history. I get that. Totally. But at the same time, you can't – I don't feel like you can be that upset and boo Boone for making no. the right choice. No, you can't. It was the right choice. And one game in April might do it. It, it truly it could. It could. That's, that's the thing that blows my mind is that yeah. so often people are like, oh, it's just April. It's just May. Not in it's the like, AL East, bro. Well, not in the AL West. That's exactly right. Not in the NL West for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. one game can be the deciding factor if you go into the playoffs and have a chance to play for the World Series. Yeah. You've got to try to win every single game. Yep. So super duh. Super okay, duh. let's move on. Speaking of the Yankees. <laughs> as I covers himself. Cover myself uncomfortably. Um <laughs> with a little bit more chagrin than I prefer to carry around. I am gonna have to talk about this. They Threw trash at the Cleveland outfielders, and I'm upset. I would be too. You were going to ask me, but I'm just going to tell you. this. I'm not just upset, I'm incensed. And I actually had the thought, like, and I've had this in other parts of my life, where I'm like, how much longer can I go? (laughs) How much longer can you associate with those people? Yes. Yeah. And in other parts of my life, I have this conversation with myself. And this was the first time it crept in with the Yankees. Yeah. It's the very first time. It's a landmark for me. Well, and that's the thing is that, like, I don't know that this necessarily changed anybody's opinion of Yankee fans. Right? And 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 then we talked about this before. Yes, exactly. The the sign-stealing letter, it's not going to change anybody's opinion about the Yankees. Because everybody has their their opinions. All it will do is cement it. And all this did was cement yeah, the, the opinion around the league about Yankees fans, and and it's crazy because the reason Miles Straw even approached those fans is because they were taunting yeah. Quan after he got hurt. Yep, which you don't do. That's r- just ridiculous. Like, that's messed up. It's ridiculous, straight up. And so he was he was defending his teammate, and then they came after him, and he did say, "Hit me." Yeah, he did. He did that, it. He did. Which but, you know, I, his choice of words was wrong, but for him to go defend his teammate. Was the thing to do? Yes. So it's for for those of you wondering, it was after the game ended. The Yankees won, and then the fans started hurling trash onto the field at the outfielders, mm-hmm. and and it it got a little heated there. the The players didn't back down even then. No, and they had to be pulled away. Which I mean, well, and Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton went over and waved them off, and telling the fans to knock it off. Yeah, which if you're because it ruined a perfectly good walk off win. Yes, is what it did. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there needs to be some cultural changes in Yankees fandom 
this would be a great place to start. I can't believe we have to have this conversation. Well, the, the thing that's funny, so I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, like I do. What? Like I you say, did every not. Every single week, <laughs> yeah. And they were talking about this, and one of the things that they said was, he said, Yankee fans are starting to really feel like entitled brats. Yeah. That a lot of the people, a lot of Thank fans you. are like, are like, we dealt with the 80s, and then we lived through the night to get to the 90s and the early 2000s where they were dominant for 20 dominant. years, yeah. right? Yeah. But then it's like, now the Yankees haven't done anything for more than a decade. Yep. Yeah, they've been to the playoffs, but haven't really made a whole lot of noise besides 2017. Yep. And then, and they they made the analogy that like they're kind of acting like they were born on third base. That's right. That's a great right. analogy. So, well, yeah. and that's how I feel in my heart of hearts up in my tower. Yeah, it really is as yeah. a Yankees fan. Like, I I have to own that. I I do yeah. feel entitled to success. Um from my ball club. And that's why we're so hard on them. That's why we boo uh-huh. pitchers off the mound. And yeah. that's why I still don't talk about Tyler Clippert. I can, cause I'm at your house, <laughs> but I, I try not to at my house. <laughs> name out of the Raptors. I get it. Just leave it out. Of it. Yeah. But um, to, so, so I, I don't think Yankees fans are more emotionally involved or emotionally invested than any other team. No, I don't. That's either. not it I at think, all. No, I think it's just an entitlement to it is uh, what they got used to for 20 years of baseball, which, it's going to happen. It happens in it, every sport. It does. Lakers, nobody likes Lakers fans because they are one of the most successful franchises. If not, I think they're the, the winningest franchise in NBA history. Right. So nobody likes Laker fans because they have that attitude. Well, and guess how long a generation is? 20 years. Yeah. That's literally a generational turnover. Yeah. So, and that affects three generations the one going out, the one experiencing it, the one coming in. Yeah. So that's literally 60 years of fans that have this attitude problem. That's, that's a lot. That, that's a problem. That's a lot. Anyway, yeah. the the biggest problem the Yankees fans have is Garrett Cole. Right. Hey, what's now? up with Garrett Cole? Garrett Cole sucks <laughs> right now. It's the biggest problem. He's terrible most of the time. Seems to be like he I had a I, redemption moment, but well, I thought he figured things out last year after a few outings after the whole spider attack thing. But now it's like back again. Yeah. But then, did you see the video that came out today? No. What? So somebody there's there, was, the there are a couple. That's true. You there was no time for you to have seen no, it. No time. Um, <laughs> there was a video that came out. Somebody pointed out that he kept going to his right butt cheek. Really? There's a there's a spot on the right butt cheek of his pants, and it looks oh, like there's something geez. there. Right under that. Cup, right where you like just the, below, everybody just, touches it there. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, yeah, like the under, like where your where your leg meets your butt, your hammy. Yeah, just the top of the hammy. Yeah, yep, right there. He's going there, and there's a smudge of something there, and it could it could just be rosin from having rosin on his hands and constantly wiping his hands in the could exact be. same spot because it's a it routine also experience. Spider tech. Maybe get a camera in the dugout and see what happens when he stands up. Pretty good idea. Well, if it were me, I would just put it on the seat. Oh, that's smart. Put it on the seat. He sits in the same spot every time. He stands up. That's smart. That's what I would do if I was him. But his ERA has risen to 4.0, which is prime for a really off-color joke that I won't make. But it is really, really intense. And that 4.0 is not what we need from the guy that we call our ace. Well, I'd say more so from somebody making that kind of money. Well, you're you're paying him a billion dollars. At least. And... Yeah, giving up that many runs is a problem. It's insane. It's insane. Let's stay on bad topics. Okay. Should, we, <laughs> should we just get more mad about stuff? I mean, you haven't been mad till now, but I am. <laughs> um, I'm further incensed at the following topic. 
Brad, why don't you why don't you take us into this? All right, I will. So we're excited to see that the Royals released their City Connect uniform just today. Brig was on the road, like I said, I was working, and uh, we got to take a look at it. And I will say something here, Brig. Um, it's not all bad. It's not, but you crushed it with the fountain thing. You were on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, that was like right. you called that. You said you wanted something to do with fountains. I did. And they sure did. They and got I the think fountains. honestly, so it's a KC in on the left breast of the jersey. The jersey is a lighter navy blue with yeah. with powder blue accents. Uh the 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 short sleeves are cuffed with a white and navy blue or baby, baby blue, blue, sorry. That powder blue. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, cuff there. Uh, it's three stripes, two whites three, and a one right. in the middle. That's powder. But the KC on the left breast I thought it was. I liked that they actually did the fountain thing. Me too. That's the only redeeming factor about this. Yeah. This is incredibly lazy. It's so lazy. The hat is killer, though. I'm gonna buy that. Hat. I'm gonna buy the crap out of that hat. <laughs> My mom's gonna be at Kaufman later this month. I was gonna say. I uh, just this weekend. I driving, was just there. Are you gonna be driving back through? Uh, might have to. Might have to now. <laughs> <laughs> How far away is it from Oklahoma City? I have no idea. I don't know either. <laughs> But, For those of you listening, I'll be in Norman, Oklahoma, most of next week. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, so that's really all there is to it. That's it. Yeah, they're like, blue on blue on blue. A little bit of white, heavy with the it's fountain. This, it's the same color scheme as the Wrigleyville last year with the Cubs. That's right. Um, <clears throat> but they did do white pants. There's another redeeming factor. Yeah, I will you dig the that. white pants? I and do. why isn't the number on the hip of the white pants? I don't understand. I, don't I think the only one. They did it with like they did it with Wrigleyville, right? And then they did it with Space City. Didn't they do it with LA? They didn't do it with LA. No, they, they didn't. No, it's just pajama pants all yeah. the way. Yeah. The, the right sleeve isn't too bad. It's got that same striped fountain y look. Yeah, so with the, the R. So the logo itself, uh, the KC has three stripes. Yeah. Like three white lines making up the lettering. Yeah. And they use the same thing on the right. On the right sleeve to do the R with a crown, with a on, crown on it. And inside the C, where the C would meet to make a, an O, there's a crown stitched in powder blue there as well. Yeah. On the front left breast. Yeah. So it's lazy. That really is my biggest complaint, is that it's lazy. If yeah. it was a if it was straight up an alternate jersey, I would like it. Totally. But for a city connect <clears throat> where they're supposed to be loud, outlandish, and crazy. Yeah. And I, I don't know, crazy is the word, but loud and outlandish. Just bold. Just bold, bold is, is what the word it means. I'm looking for. Yes. Yeah, it needs to be bold. It's not. It's not bold. It's very plain. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I plan on buying the hat. The hat is killer. At some point. Yeah. I, actually, you know what? I was in Just Sports the other day, and they had a whole display with Just City Connect hats. Will you take me there? I will. They're all snapbacks as well. Yes! So. Yes! Yeah, yeah we'll go. We'll go Wednesday before. Uh, Did you know I left my I left my house with four hats. I have like eight now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on. Uh, we'll go tomorrow before we go to the D backs game. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll put a link in the doobly doo to this uh, this page on MLB.com where it shows in depth. Yeah. The, the city connected so you can see it for yourself. Um, we have a couple more things here. Let's talk about oh. the horridness that is angel hernandez he continues to be horrible and by that i mean absolutely abysmal i'm sure everybody has seen this by now if you haven't uh, go ahead and crawl out from under your rock and welcome <laughs> to the podcast it's tuesday at the very earliest it's tuesday <laughs> uh, just in case you're lost um so angel angel hernandez called out schwaba Kyle schwaba Schwabs. in the bottom of the what was that that was the 
Oh, it was the bottom of the ninth inning. It was the bottom two, of the ninth. He was the second out. He was. Uh, the Phillies had a chance to tie it up or win the game there, and it was off. Here's the thing. Is I saw his previous at bat, and I thought the the one he got called out on on that was worse. Yeah. Than this one. Yeah. So, but at the same time, this was off Doesn't the plate. Matter. This was off the plate more than a baseball's width. Yeah. Diameter off the plate. So I can understand his frustration and his just. And he straight up was like waving his arms, like you're calling it up here, you're calling it out there, you're screwing them, you're screwing us. Like, just yeah. he was the people. He was the people dressing <laughs> Angel Hernandez, <laughs> yes. and the world loved him for it. But here's the thing: when we already love Kyle Schwarber, so we do. Everybody, how can we not? Yeah. So we have this graphic from, I believe this is Umpire Scorecard. Yeah, on it the is Twitter a, machine. On the Twitter machine, where we got this. Yep. And you can see that these are all. Here in this picture, like here in the, the bottom half. If you're watching, if you're listening, yeah. we'll talk to you about it. But yeah, it has missed calls and it shows missed missed balls, missed strikes. But the bottom part is really what I want to address right here. Yeah. Called ball accuracy is 94%. Called strike accuracy. Called strike accuracy, Brig, 77%. <laughs> That's a C. That's a C, basically. <sighs> The That's... VA would not make him repay his for his classes, <laughs> but he does not deserve a degree. <laughs> you know, I li- I when I was in my when I was getting my bachelor's degree, I lived by the saying "C's get degrees." Yeah, um, but I still wouldn't have given me one if this is what I was shooting for seventy seven percent. Exactly. Because it's that's, real bad. That's bad. And the league average is 94%. Right. And his paycheck is way above C average. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing that really is frustrating is how much he makes yeah. and and his horribleness. So, and this is the other thing they're showing on the scorecard is you can see up here at the towards the top in the middle there. Yeah. What that number shows. It's plus 0.77. Those are runs for Milwaukee. Like that's how much the because this is a game missed. breakdown. Yeah, yeah. This is over the entire game. The calls he missed were in favor of the Brewers enough that it would account for 0.77 runs and win in a one-zero ball game. That is literally the difference. Enormous. That is the difference. Yep. An umpire should not have that kind of impact on a game, and that is why break. No. We need robot umpires. <laughs> I we knew, need robot umpires. I knew you were going to say that. And so, uh, Codify Baseball on their Twitter machine, C O D I F Y, Codify Baseball, it's at Codify Baseball. They uh, tweeted apparently that, uh, was it 2,600? He's missed 2,600 calls in like his seven year career over yeah. the last seven years. That's a lot. 2,600. Way too many. many. It's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely absurd. And I don't don't know what baseball can do about it because they can't fire him because of A, the union, and B, he's already put in a a lawsuit against them for, uh, he claimed, discrimination. Yeah. When it's like, no, dude, you're just bad at your job. That's why we don't, that's why you're not invited to the postseason. Right. You can't call the World Series. Sorry, bud. Yeah. So that's why he's still around and will remain around until he decides he doesn't want to collect a massive paycheck anymore. Can we move on to church giggles now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we can. We have some fun stuff to talk about, baseball family. (laughs) Let's give Brad a chance to talk about Ty France. Let's talk about Ty France. Yeah. So I love Ty France so much. (laughs) Um, Last year, he actually took, like, totally took Seattle by storm. Like, full on. They had um, 
Air France night where everybody got like there's a whole section instead of like the king's court. Yeah, they gave people berets. And oh, that's awesome! Baguettes, yes. <laughs> and, we we bro. <laughs> and then and then this is even cooler. So when the Mariners came down here in September, Thai France fever was like in full swing. And yeah. I was walking. Uh, I went and saw the Mariners twice. I talked about that. The second time, I was walking through the concourse, and these three guys were walking with a giant French flag yes. draped over their shoulders. I'm like, ah, viva la France! <laughs> it was awesome. So Ty France is really making some noise right now. He is off to an incredible start. Um, he just ripped the Royals to pieces. Over the weekend, he went 8 for 15. He had a 5 for 6 night. Yeah. Uh, and then he went 3 for 5. 3 for 5 the next day. Drove in 7 runs over 2 games. Hit 2 home runs. And honestly, the home runs came on in back-to-back at bats. They did. And it was yeah. a total of 5 RBIs right there. Because one was uh, the bottom of the 8th on Saturday. And then he hit one in the first inning. The bottom of the first inning on Sunday. Yeah. Um, this is this is the thing. This is the only issue that I take with this whole thing, Brig, is that he was named co Co AL Player of the Week. I know, and the only reason he was co was because Miggy got his three thousand hit. Yeah, Miggy could have gone one for eighty last yeah. week, and he still would have been AL Player of the Week because he got three thousand hits. Thirty three guys <laughs> in the history of baseball. I know. I know. Like man, you know, Ty Week has Ty Ty France has the week of his life. Yeah. And he has to be co-player of the week. That's right. That's right. He'll be player of the week next week, too. I hope so, because I got to beat you in the fantasy (laughs) league. Because I'm facing you this week in the fantasy. I'm down 20 points right now. There are only seven games today. And it's uh, it's not good for me. But Ty France, uh, let's do. A, can we do a fantasy update really quick? Let's do a fantasy update real quick. I'm pulling yeah. it up on my phone right now. It takes a little bit of time. So I out. came in second place in my one-on-one matchup last week by like four points. Came in second place out of two. Yes. <laughs> Have we talked about me being a Yankees fan? No, Is this? Just, I am entitled. <laughs> it's the phrasing. I love I it. <laughs> Second place of two. Second place of two is losing, <laughs> and it's unacceptable, baseball family. So, anyway, we had a really good week for fantasy last week. Everybody scored some points, and some people scored more points than other people. And so we'll give you a breakdown. That is an in-depth breakdown. I think <laughs> right. people, no, I'm just kidding. So let's start from the bottom of the scoreboard this week. We had not another fantasy team with Jason. He scored 371 points over Grace Under Fire with Denise 307. Uh, top performer in this one. Uh, Denise had 76 points from her guy, Anthony Rizzo. You yeah. would expect him to be on her team. Again, first baseman, um, uh, Jason had Ryan Mountcastle put up 62 for him, but also Pete Alonzo had 57 points for him. I feel like that's a big deal. Polar Bear is great. Yeah, let's be honest. It's been really good for him. Uh, and then we have the uh, Springfield Nuclear Power, which is uh, Tori and then John Mullins, the host of the District Baseball Together podcast. Yep. Uh, Sprint, he is Harrisburg Charlie's. Um, Tory won that one 419 to 366. Tory Road, just Paul Goldschmidt the whole way at 90 points. Right. That's insane. Yeah. That's uh, like 90 points is crazy. But again, at first baseman, and we're learning that putouts are a huge deal. They really are. In the yeah. fantasy world. Um, the thing that's funny, like still Vlad, though, 70 points yes. for John. That's, Great. That's awesome. I well, mean, in the other matchups, that would have been it killer. Oh, yeah. 366 points is a lot. Yeah. He just happened to go up against somebody who scored over 400, the only guy in the league who scored 400. Yeah. Which is funny because John was a high scorer last week. He was. And, and I think it was Jason who was up against him. He was like, I would have beat 
five other teams. Other anybody else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, then, that's how I feel for well, my team last you week. You didn't have a bad week. You had three fifty nine. Brigger Mortis. You did lose to Jewel Big League Chupacabras right. to three sixty five. Ty France ninety five points. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, killing he it. Carried you most of the time. Um, the problem I think right there is Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is a problem. Seven points. Yep, that's an issue. Huge issue. And now Jacob Degrom is on the IL for this week on my team, and I failed to make a change. That before. is trouble. I for was you. driving. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kyber Ruiz though for Jewel had a good week, fifty-one points. Yeah, like that it really helps to have a guy outside of him, uh, outside of his first baseman. Yep. CJ Crom, which is odd that he's putting up as many points as he is because he was kind of a disappointment there. Yeah. For a couple of years, and then me, I was up against Zip, the Springfield Isotopes. I am the Manitoba Man Clowns. I won three fifty-five to two forty. Ran away with you it. Whooped him, man. I, I had a good week. Yeah, Ozzy Albies, Julio Rodriguez, despite his hitting woes and getting. Screwed, screwed left and right by umpires yeah like the dude can't buy a third no the third strike call yeah it's terrible he still had 35 points really yeah wow that'd be a really bad week but yeah despite uh striking out as much as he did but he had four rbis scored four runs had a stolen base the dude's six for six on stolen bases wow so he's on he's on pace to steal 60 bases and hit zero home runs It'll be the first time in history that's ever happened. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) So there's your fantasy update for the week. Yes, We have one more thing to get into before we go to a break. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this. Go ahead, break. Can I talk about this one? Yeah. So everybody knows that on August 11th, the Field of Dreams game will be played between who? The Cincinnati Reds and and the Chicago Cubs. That's right. And August 11th, Field of Dream game. What we did not know until recently... Uh, is that there will be a minor league ball game as an opener two days prior on the ninth at the Field of Dreams. This, this gets even better, okay? So not only is there uh, they're going to make it like a weekend of it, which is super cool, but they're two high A ball clubs whose histories go all the way back to the ni- to 1904 at the earliest and the 19 teens was it 1913 the earliest on the other side. So the high A ball clubs we have the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And the Quad City River Bandits are going to play. But it gets better than that. Because the Quad City River Bandits are going to play as the Davenport Blue Sox, who were the Davenport Blue Sox in 1913 through 19, 1929 to 33, and 1934 to 37. That same franchise, that same minor league ball club, they were the Davenport Blue Sox all the way back. And then from 1904 to 1932, Cedar Rapids were the Bunnies. Which is fantastic. For those of you watching on YouTube, we have a jersey right there. That's what has, a bunny's jersey looked like. Has back a then. bunny right on the breast. That looks so cool. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It has like it looks like the what is that? The the piping? Yeah. Goes down the side and then cuts right at the it middle. It stops. That's old school. That's super but the buttons still go down. I they thought do. that they were pullovers. Mm-hmm. But the buttons go all the way down. Right. That is neat. And then we have a picture of the blue socks there. That yep. is a team from I don't know. That's a really fuzzy picture. 1913, I think. 1913? Okay. Yeah. All right. Or 14, but, maybe. But anyway, early, early Blue Sox. Um, I think, I don't think my niece is watching, but I might need to get one of these jerseys for her for mm. uh, graduation. It's coming up in a couple of years here. and Just hold on to it. Yeah. Because she plays summer league softball. Their team is the Blue Sox. Nice. Okay. So, we That's might, fantastic. We need to do that, do something for that, that for her. But anyway, let's go ahead and take a break. When we get back, we're going to get into our St. Louis Cardinals Mount Rushmore. 
Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back with me. Root, root, root for the home ticket. They don't win. It's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Shop kids' baseball strips at nineplusss.com. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. Like we talked about, this week we're going to be talking about the St. Louis Cardinals and sharing who we believe belongs on the team's Mount Rushmore. We have very different uh, criteria and standards as to who belongs on the Mount Rushmore. Greg goes through a lot and, and does a lot of research and uh, has his different tiers and things like that. I do not. That's about how that goes. That's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Which is odd. <laughs> because I'm more of a field guy on every other, re- you know, it's everything true. else we do. Yeah, but this kind of happens to me, uh, just kind of rolling. So before we get too deep into this, though, Brig, yeah. why don't you go ahead and give us a breakdown of the history of the Cardinals and their other names they used to go by. One of my parents happened to be the Perfectos. Yes, they were known as the St. Louis Perfectos, the St. Louis Browns, and the St. Louis Brown Stockings, in addition to the St. Louis Cardinals. The team has been around for a whopping 141 seasons. That puts them 1882 to the present day. That's a boatload of baseball. So much baseball. A lot. They have a winning record of 521 total win-loss percentage with 11,047 wins to 10,168 losses in the franchise history. They have won 23 pennants out of their 31 playoff appearances, and 11 of those ended up in the World Finals. That's awesome. 11 World Series. True. True. True facts. True facts. All right. Uh, So I have the team name Origin. I'm going to be reading this course off of teamnameorigin.com. It says, St. Louis began its storied history as the St. Louis Brown Stockings, as Brig mentioned, which was later shortened to the Browns. In 1899, the team changed its name to the Perfectos, which I love, most likely in hope of never losing another game. Oh, optimism. Man. I love it so much. Woo, manifest destiny. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Manifesting? Manifesting. Look it up. <laughs> to go with their new name, they also changed their sock color to red. Woof. During that season, a reporter overheard a woman comment on the team's new red socks as a lovely shade of cardinal. The columnist Willie McHale referred to the team as the Cardinals in his newspaper column, and the fans loved it. So much so that the team officially changed the name to Cardinals the next year in 1900. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think that's cool because I've always, I legitimately always wondered about that because uh, there's always the joke like, well, there are no Cardinals in St. Louis. People say all the time. Just like the Cardinals in Arizona. Right. But anyway, no, I think that's cool. Um, I love how easily team names changed back then. Me too. That it was like somebody would make some offhand comment about the team, the color, the way the players looked, the way they played, something like that, and then they're like, you know, let's just make it so. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Branding be damned. Let's just do it. <laughs> so I don't think they had branding concepts 
as elaborately well, as we do now. That's the thing that's crazy about it. It's like if they had any branding at all, they have a logo. Yeah. Crying out loud. Yeah, you're right. Just like, let's just change it. Yeah. Just change it to a cardinal. Like spitting him. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but you're right. All right. Briggs going to lead us off with his first selection for his Mount Rushmore for the St. Louis Cardinals. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. My guy's first guy. He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Duh. Duh. Lots of St. Louis Cardinals are in the Hall of Fame, for by the reason. way. Yeah. yeah. This guy was an all-star. Repeatedly. <laughs> Several times over. 24 of them, to be precise. 24-time All-Star. Three times. Three. One, two, three-time MVP. Did you hear me? Three One, time. two, three. Three-time MVP. <laughs> he has a career war of 128.6. Lifetime batting average, 331. He hit 475 home runs in his career. Which was 22 years long. Guess how many days he did not play for St. Louis? Two. Zero. Zero. <laughs> he played. Okay. I love that fact. That's my favorite fact. And he did miss the 45 season for military service. None other than Stan, the man, usual. He was, my, he was one of my guys, too, of course. Did you overlap? I'm serious. I think we're going to overlap at least three. At least three. And we never, ever, ever go without overlapping at least once. Ever. But we have also never gone, we've also never overlapped on all four. That's true. Not that I'm so, aware of. I don't I don't, I don't think, think we have. That was a short episode if we did. I don't think we did. Facts, bro. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about Stan Mewton. He was a three-time World Series champion, seven-time batting champion, and two times Major League Player of the Year. He also, Rick, fun fact, sent it. Uh, so he was born in the same town that Hank Griffey Jr. was born. What? Or Pennsylvania. No way. Yeah. Wow. True fact. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, yeah, that's something that, like, when Griffey was playing for the Reds, I feel like they brought it up every single time. I remember watching games with them cards. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. So I always like to compare old school players to today's players because baseball's obsessed with its own history and right. its future because of it. So here's his 162 game average. You ready? Mm-hmm. Like just average 162 games. Um, games played 162. <laughs> <laughs> played appearances 681. 587 at bats. Uh, he's going to score 104 runs on average in a season. Uh, out of 194 hits. Do you believe that? He's going to steal four bases, which is low, but he's going to knock in 104 ribbies, and he's only going to strike out 37 times on average. That's a big one for me. I hate strikeouts. Huge. And, man, less than 40 times. Guys strike out 40 times in a week right now. Yes, they do. Yep. He's going to walk 86 times. His batting average over that season, you know, projected 162-game season, is going to be 331. OBP 417, slugging 559, OPS is 976. It's amazing. That is amazing. And one thing that I think is really cool is that he led the league in batting average one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times over his career. Yeah. And then OPS, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Yep. So 
he go he goes down as one of the greatest players in Major League Baseball history. Ever, I was yeah. I was first introduced to Stan Musial. I had uh, a special edition card that came in a pack that I had. It came laminated, and I had no idea who he was until my grandma, of all people. Whoa! I think that I told you this with Sparky Anderson too. Right, you did. Um, that she was like, oh, I know him. And she told me about Stan Musial. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I remember the Sparky Anderson story. Yeah, so. How many people can tell can say that their grandma taught them about like like legendary baseball players? Yeah. So he was voted into the Hall of Fame by the Writers Association, three seventeen out of three forty on the ballot. And I just I don't understand why these guys don't get unanimous. Unanimous. Like who didn't vote for freaking Babe Ruth? Right? (laughs) Or Lou Gehrig. Or Mickey Mantle. Or Mickey Mantle. I don't I don't understand it. I know. It's weird. But Brad, good. why don't you go with your next your next one since I stole your one of them? Oh, anyway. you're good. Um, my next guy I'm gonna go with, he is an iconic pitcher. Oh, I a well known curmudgeon. Oh yeah. If you will. And that's one thing that everybody loves about him. Yep. Um I see you already have him pulled up on your phone. I'm trying to get him pulled up on mine right now while I filibuster. That's very good. Um, <laughs> 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 um, because that's the thing is, since we're sitting here, we have our computers doing other things, and so we don't get to do this on our computers like we normally do. Yeah. But anyway, obviously, Hall of Famer. Um, he was drafted. I always love looking at when guys were drafted. I had it just a second ago, but now it's his. It's escaped me. Um, but we'll just go with he made his debut in on April fifteenth, nineteen fifty nine, age twenty three. This is Bob Gibson. Yeah. Um, Bob Gibson was known as a player for just being angry, just mean all the time. Yeah. Just so mean. Um, that like if you hit a home run off of him, you better go up there with some pillows or something because he, <laughs> he was gonna throw at you. Yeah. It's just what he did. Yeah. Everybody knew it was coming. Uh won an MVP, two Cy Youngs, two World Series, two World Series MVPs, BT dub, nine gold gloves, nine time all-star, an ERA title. Um, somebody who strikes that kind of fear. There are a select few pitchers in the history of baseball who have the kind of reputation rep, reputation that Bob Gibson had. Uh, Nolan Ryan was one of them, and really the only other one I could think of is Randy Johnson and Goose Gossage. Uh, and Goose Gossage. There you That's go. That's it, though. Yeah, they're the only guys who could have that kind of attitude and that and be that kind of enforcer and get away with it. Yeah. Because you could do it but you were a jerk. These guys were still respected because they were so good. I feel like Roger Clemens might need to be on that list. But I think they just saw him as a jerk. Yeah. Like the time he threw the bat at Mike Piazza? Yeah. Like yeah. I think they just thought he was a jerk and I wonder how much of that might have been potentially roid rage. Well, but okay. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot. But the rocket. <laughs> From the rocket to the rocket. But um, but yeah. anyway, no, Bob Gibson absolutely, in my opinion, belongs on the Mount Rushmore totally because he is an iconic member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, he played his entire career there. Yep. He ended his career age 39, uh, went three and 10. It's, but that's kind of how pitchers are going to be at that age anyway. 17 years. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. a long time. It's a lot of pitches, for a lot of pitching. Yeah. So many pitches and, uh, yeah. But put Bob Gibson on there. Was that one another one of our overlaps? It was an overlap. All yeah, right. over his uh, his lifetime ERA is what two ninety one or something like that. 
291 lifetime yeah. ERA. Yeah. I feel like anytime a guy goes under three for a season, we're like, holy crap, but he they go under three career. over 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like in 1968, he led the league with a 112 ERA. That was his. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That was the year he won the ERA title. And that's, that's insane. And then the next year, he went 218. That's crazy. That's so dominant. He won. He was an all-star, Cy Young, and an MVP that same year in 1968. And a gold glove. And a gold glove yeah. in 1968. Yeah. With, with a 112 ERA. That is insane. And he tossed 13 shutouts, which is going to help. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yes. 22 wins. We will. That's a number I predict we will never see again. That 13, 22 shutouts? Or 13, 13 shutouts? shutouts in a season is untouchable. Now we have to research how many other shutouts there are. Like, what is the actual ceiling? Yeah. Like, what's the record? Yeah. Yeah. We need to look. We got to look that up. We'll look it up. Okay. But I um, dig that. But he, because he had 28 complete games. Yeah. It, wow. So that's, that's untouchable. I mean, it's crazy. Career war is 89.2, which is another statistic I really like. Yeah. He yep, pitched 528 games overall. <laughs> That's yeah, that's a lot of innings. It's a lot of baseball. A lot of innings. Um, let's take a break. So yeah. we've overlap. We've basically done four. So let's take a break. When we get back, we, we're going to finish up with our last couple. I'm assuming we're going to overlap on these. The Non-There Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Non-There Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. We're going back down into the vault for our picks for who should be on the St. Louis Cardinals Mount Rushmore. We've overlapped twice so far. Uh, for those of you still listening, we're excited that you're here. Uh, before we get into it, I want to tell Brad that uh, he's about to lose this game we're playing. But he doesn't know we're playing. <laughs> There's a game. It's about to, he's about to lose it. There's always a game afoot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. So, uh, Brad, I, I went first last time. Why don't you go first this time? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with somebody who I don't think you're going to include on your list. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Me being the person I am, I am somewhat biased towards certain positions, as you know. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's Yachty. Did you it's go Yachty? Yachty. Oh, I, oh, know I knew Yachty. it. Because I said something about active players, and you kind of gave me a look. Yeah. So I didn't think you were going to go with somebody active. I didn't go with Yachty. Oh, you didn't? I go? just knew that's oh. who you were going to pick. <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Very good. Well, that means it. we're going to three for four. That's Probably. So, well, I don't know. Three so far. <laughs> but anyway, Yachty. So this is this is one thing that I love about Yachty Armoni. Before I get into too much with him, um, he's obviously a future Hall of Famer. And part of the reason for that is because he changed the catching position forever. Yeah. Um, you see catchers now with nobody on base or sometimes with runners on base, they get down on one knee. Yeah. And I feel like this is a big thing, actually, that is going to prolong the career of catchers behind the plate. You're going to be able to see guys like Salvi Perez is still is continuing to catch on a regular basis because I feel like it's, it is because he can put, he's putting one knee down. Yeah. Because the punishment on your body of crouching down in that position every stinking day for that long is so brutal on your knees. 
um, like we saw uh, just no, not just uh, Joe Mauer. I was one of those two, but Joe Mauer ended up moving to first base. Buster Posey ended up playing some infield. Yeah, and um, there have been other catchers in the history of the game who had to move out of the position because their knees just couldn't handle the position anymore. Right. The Yadi Molina one knee down is prolonging the careers of catchers, and it's going to be outstanding because it allows guys to really get into the position. Because young catchers, like we talked about this in our under twenty five, yeah, 20, our under twenty five episode, it's hard to find great catchers under twenty five because you've got to get in to the position and get yourself into the big league game in with the pitchers. It's hard to do, and so if you can catch for a solid thirteen to fifteen years, oh, that's a long, that's a long, that's time. a long haul. But think about how you, how long Yachty's been nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. He's, he's in his nineteenth year. So I thought it's insane. So, and he's, he's old. He, he looks old. Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, yeah. But he's been able to catch for 19 years because of that stance that I don't know if he came up with it or a coach or something came up with it, but he's played a few games at first base. But for the most part, the dude is behind the plate every single day for the Cardinals. He is. For that entire time. Yep. So, he revolutionized the catching position and prolonged the, catcher, the career of catchers behind him. And I... Honestly, I teach Wilson to do it because Smart. my knees are part of the problem I had growing up. Yep, they still bother me because of it. So I had a, I had actually had a parent say something to me the other day about it. He's like, "Colleges aren't going to look at him if he can't do it the other way." I was like, "That's fine. We'll do this for now. We'll get there later. Yeah. He can do it. Right? If he's going to catch, he he can do it. That's a, not so, a hard transition to go. It's on. not because no. it's more natural. It's easier to go from that secondary position of like up higher, like off your butt more. Yeah, um, and being able to transfer to throw anyway. It, it's easier to go from that than it is to go off the ground. Yeah. So it just makes sense to be able to do it. But if he's comfortable doing this with nobody on base, or he learns how to block the ball doing this, the runner on third, I think he's going to be a catcher, a better catcher for, and it will prolong his his body going forward. I love it. So anyway, Yachty, ten-time All Star, which is probably low to be honest with you, two-time World Series. Champion nine-time gold glove, which might be low also, yeah. but you've got those four platinum gloves to go with it. For real. And a silver slugger. And a silver slugger. Um, he's having a down year this year because he's old. Yeah. <laughs> he's bad at 39. Buck 30. Age 39. He's bad at buck 38. He's got yeah. a negative war right now. But honestly, the presence that he has in that clubhouse is priceless. The presence that he's going to have with any catcher going forward, priceless. Yep. Like, if I'm the Cardinals the day he retires, or already, if I've offered him a position with the team as the, the, catching, the catching coach, top to bottom. Yeah, top, top to, to bottom. bottom. Benji Molina, when I, was, when I was working for the Owls, Benji Molina was with the Owls. He was yeah. with the Angels, top to bottom. He, came, he was there in Orem a lot yeah. working with the catchers. It's awesome. Because Mama Molina's going to be awfully proud of all those boys. Who the big no doubt. No doubt. But, you know, I feel like the way with what Yachty Molina has done to the game, to the position for that team the entire time he's been there, he's got to go. And I know it might be premature because he's so funny. I disagree with you, but I like it. Okay. I like it. He's He would have been a runner-up for me. Okay. <clears throat> Only because there are two other names I cannot leave off. Okay. Ready? Yes. This next guy I got for you is a three-time MVP. Three. Three. Do you hear that? <laughs> Three-time MVP. He is a 10-time All-Star. Two World Series championships, two gold gloves, six silver slugger, 
batting title, NLCS MVP, three times Major League Player of the Year. He also won Rookie of the Year. Brad, mm-hmm. El Hombre. El Hombre. Yeah. yeah. Albert Pujols. Except we can't call him El Hombre. No, and that's only his request. Right. Because tell us that. So when he was when he signed with the Angels, they put up a billboard said El Hombre because they were pumped, obviously. Everybody oh, was yeah, yeah, like he was the sure. reason CJ Wilson went to the Angels because like he was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And he was talking CJ Wilson was talking with um, I think it was an assistant GM. Yeah. And they're like, We're bringing in a big name. He's like, who is he? I can't tell you because he hasn't signed yet. But we're working, we're working on bringing him in. And, and CJ Wilson looks like, it's Albert Pujols. I can't tell you. He's like, it is, it is. He was like pumped. He's like, sign me right now. That's <laughs> he was awesome. Pumped up. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but anyway, so after that whole thing, they had that billboard, and, and Pujols told him to take it down because he's like, no, Stan Musial is the man. Yeah, he so, really is the man. Yeah, which I think is said. cool. The fact that he still had so much respect for the Cardinals despite. The disrespect they showed him by not got paying burned. the money that he deserved, but yeah. it turned out like it kind of worked out. For the it's Cardinals still going. They shouldn't yeah. have. <laughs> yeah, it's still going well for the Cardinals. He's already stepped up to eight games this season, right? It's his age forty-two year. Oh, and he's having a rough one, but it's going to be okay. He's still batting two sixty-nine. He scored from first the other day. Yeah, it's not a terrible experience for everybody. For anybody, actually, mm-hmm. I watched him play while I was there. It was awesome. Yeah. You got to see him. You got to see him. So uh, I love Albert Pujols. King Albert is the man. He's going to the Hall of Fame no matter what. And I don't think you can tell the story of St. Louis Cardinals without Albert Pujols. Yeah, and the reason that he he was my runner-up, and the reason was because of the the years of the Angels. It was like his heyday, his prime was with the Cardinals. For sure. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, but me saying that, I'm kind of talking on both sides of my mouth because I put Griffey on. The Mariners might rush more. You did, so that's okay. <laughs> but this is an interesting stat. Look at this. See that gold? Yeah. That means he's the all-time leader in that, and that's uh, grounded into double play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the all-time leader the in all-time grounded in 414. Grounded into 414 double plays. That is one of the most dubious honors. Good heavens. <laughs> the dude is either driving them in or clearing them off. Yeah. <laughs> either way, there's not going to be anybody on base when he's done. So awesome. <laughs> That's so I love it. I love it so much. Okay, we're down to our final picks. Brad. Final picks. Okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna overlap. It, well, we might. We, there's a chance. Because you didn't know. have Albert Pujols. Right. You really didn't? I didn't. Oh, then we're gonna overlap no. on this one. There's no way we don't. Okay. Um, so another position that I love is I love shortstops. I knew it. Yeah. Because How could I was saving the best for last? Me too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I love shortstops. It's, yeah. I mean, growing up, the shortstop is the best player on the team, and there's a reason for that. There's a ton of ground to cover, yeah. some of the most acrobatic and miraculous plays, and there's nobody who did it more acrobatically and miraculously than Ozzie Smith. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. About yeah. the coolest nickname in the history of baseball. It is. And I love – He still does backflips. Does he still yes, do Yes, he still say, does. That's one of my favorite clips ever is showing Ozzie Smith coming out and doing backflips. It's so good. That's so It's cool. literally so, so he's good. A, he's a Hall of Famer, obviously deserves it. Yeah. Uh, 15-time All-Star, 13-time Gold Glove, 1982 World Series, um, won a Silver Slugger, which honestly surprises me. Yeah, Because he doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a slugger. No. Um, 
was the NLCS MVP. Um, he ended it. He ended his career with the Cardinals. He had those first four years.